The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You ready? Welcome back, everyone, to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Steve Vega, and I have the first guest from Buffalo Fanatics with me, uh, another Steve, Steve Mathis. Can I, can I say it like that? Is... Yeah, you, you actually got it right. You didn't call me Maths or Stephanie, so I, I really do appreciate that. <laughs> every every substitute teacher in middle school, st- 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 Stephanie Maths. No, it's Stephen oh, Math. It's Stephen Mathis. <laughs> That's so terrible. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's so it's so funny. Like I was always kind of made fun with the last name, like Steve Vegas, and then here I am living in Vegas. It's it's pretty weird, but uh, I love it out here, and it's so cool that you are on this side of the world. I'm always scheduling with, you know, everyone from the East Coast and Buffalo, and uh, you know, the, just the southeastern states and all that to join me, and here you are, just an hour away. Had I known, I would have. I would have, you know, drove out to Arizona if there wasn't a pandemic and just, you know, got to get a beer with thing, you or something. Yeah, man. we could have done this thing from a bar. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds like a plan for the future. That would be dope. For sure. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Steve, how about give the audience uh, a little background about yourself with Fanat- Buffalo Fanatics and, uh, you know, what you do? Yeah, we've been with uh, Buffalo Fanatics for, uh, oh, gosh, I don't even, this is really bad off the top of my head. I don't even know. I want to say about a year, year and a half. Uh I host a, a, a show called the Air Raid Hour. It's every Monday and Thursday night from about 7.45 until around 9 o'clock on our Facebook and our YouTube page with my co-host Dave Tilton. Uh, and I also produce our pregame show, which airs the three hours before kickoff uh, whenever we have a game. It's usually Sunday mornings, but I'll tell you what, we've been uh, sort of scrambling to to make some of these shows uh, with all these primetime games we've had lately, but it's a it's a nice sacrifice to make having to rush home from work to do a pregame show because your team's about to go beat somebody down on Monday Night Football, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, and you know I uh, I tune in from time to time, not only with you guys, but uh, just everyone from Buffalo Fanatics. I'm always just I'm jumping around podcast to podcast. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much you know uh, from all different angles uh, f- from Bills fans and uh, you know even from you know, beat reporters as well. And let me tell you the amount of fan reaction you guys get, uh, you know, feedback whenever you're doing your thing on bills guys, I think it's pretty remarkable. And I, I commend you guys really great job. Um, I actually saw the last one you guys did about the Denver Broncos and a really solid, 
really solid, really fun. Uh, you guys got great chemistry. So if you guys haven't checked that out, definitely go check out, uh, you know, the Bills guys air raid. And that's the one with Josh Allen. He's like doing some kind of like Michael Jordan pose in like the logo or something. Oh like yeah. That. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, we, <laughs> we got our cease and desist from the Buffalo Bills uh, about a month ago and we were really, uh, we were really struggling for, for a name. And I'd say about three, four months ago, right when the football season started, people were like, Oh, what do we call Josh Allen? And I, Joe Miller likes to say I came up with Air Raid Allen because uh, I was technically if you t- if you search the hashtag I was the first one to hashtag Air Raid Allen so um, I pitched the idea to Pierre Enrico they made a nice cool shirt out of it um, which they're selling the heck out of I absolutely love that shirt I got like three of them I got the shirt I got the uh, the mask and I got the hoodie uh, for the Air Raid Allen so um, it just works um, so now we can just let the takes fly on our show every Monday and Thursday. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm looking forward to watching what else you guys put out. And um, so obviously a lot going on with Buffalo, a lot going on in the AFC East. We are AFC East divisional champions. Let me, let me be real with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Steve, uh, this is all, if you're asking me if the season ended today, let's say we win a playoff game or win two playoff games, we lose. I don't care. Like this was what I was basically only hoping for mm-hmm. out of this season. A season where the Bills can just dominate their division, get out clean, and then focus on the future. Put it behind you. Move on, get the monkey off your back, and focus on building a dynasty. Now, we're we're, we're second seed. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is unheard of territory for for the Bills. You know, even 25 years ago, uh, when that happened, and you know, we're looking at a situation now where the Bills are able to compete for. A Super Bowl, and let me tell you something. I went on the record saying this uh, on Twitter, and I'm going to stick to it. I think this season is the best chance for the Bills to win a Super Bowl. The reason I say this is because next year everyone's going to reload. You see a lot of potential in the AFC, just the conference in general. You look at you look. I don't want to say San Diego. You look at you know Los Angeles. Uh, you know, Kansas City's going nowhere. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh is still going to be Pittsburgh. Obviously, we destroy. You know, we beat them pretty good. You know, it looks like they're on the downhill. But when Pittsburgh gets in the playoffs, you know how they are. The Titans—they're not going anywhere. Uh, the Browns are starting to emerge. Uh, you know, you're, we're looking at a situation where the new crop of quarterbacks is starting to show up, starting to really take over uh, the NFL scene and media. And you know, the Bills coming off coming out of Denver. Wow, so electrifying, would you say? I mean, what do you think about that Denver game and the overall mm-hmm. state of the Bills you, before we get into the New England Patriots matchup? Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, you, you made some great points there because the AFC, even this year, before some teams reload like the Los Angeles Chargers, still really stinking good compared to the NFC. The NFC is is New Orleans, it's Green Bay, and then it's nothing. Like maybe the Rams go on a heater or maybe the Rams show yeah. up for three, four games. But the NFC is nothing compared to what the AFC has. And in years past, I think I would be scared as hell that the Buffalo Bills um, would get sort of passed over by some of these other emerging teams. But going to this Broncos game, what we saw in this Broncos game, I'm not so worried about anymore because we we have the quarterback. Like, I've been waiting week after week after week after week. I'm waiting for Josh Allen to come down, and he hasn't come down. So we just went and we played the Denver Broncos, a team that took the Kansas City Chiefs to the brink on Sunday Night Football. And 
literally we beat them down with ease. Like we kept them, we kept the game close because of our own mistakes. Still whooped them. We scored three touchdowns on one drive or two, three touchdowns on one drive. And our quarterback's like, how many times do I got to do this? And he just does it. So as, as, as much as I feel where you're coming from, I think what I'm most excited about right now is our quarterback's not coming down. This is who he is. He's a legitimate top five quarterback in the national football league. And when you have a top five quarterback in the national football league, you have a chance to win a football game any given Sunday and you have a chance to win a Super Bowl anytime he's in his rookie window, as long as your head coach and GM are doing their jobs properly. And we're still in that rookie window, and we have a pretty solid roster this year. And depending on what the salary cap looks like uh, because of COVID, we should have a pretty solid roster next year. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm just on cloud nine right now. Yeah, it's it's really hard to uh, you know digest all that's going on because it's happening so quickly and it's happening with so much going on in the world around us. But, you know, here we are. Uh, the Bills are 11-3, and three. <laughs> right? Uh, I called the Bills going 11-5, and five, closing out the season. Now we could possibly go 13-3. and three. I don't know what Sean wants to do with the next two games because we saw the ramifications of basically sitting the starters in the last game last season where if we would have won the game, we would have won the division. And so we're, we're looking at a situation now where, you know, we're two games behind Kansas City. Uh, do you sit them? I, I don't know. I, I think you look at what the Pats have done for years. They've had no mercy going straight into the playoffs. And they just go straight into the playoffs, full throttle. Like, they're, they're going to win as many games as they can in the regular season. And, uh, you know, I think that's what the Bills should do. And we're I'm saying this because I want to get into the Pats game now. Like, I don't want them to overlook the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing that sticks out to me is the injury report. <laughs> Their entire freaking squad is limited yep. to practice. Belichick is, is pulling his best Belichick this week. Oh, my goodness, right? And, you know, I am looking at Sean McDermott, and I'm saying to myself, I think he's going to pull Belichick, too. I, I think, yeah, you got Stephon Diggs going full at practice. Uh, AJ Epinesa, uh, something not injury related, but who knows if they let him play just to kind of get him ready for the playoffs. And then you have uh, Tredavious White with a neck injury, full practice. So I see Sean McDermott looking at the entire squad and saying, you know what, let's let's cut the head off of the snake this this week on Monday night and prove to the world once again that we're not going anywhere. And the playoffs... <laughs> Is ready. We, we're going to be ready for the playoffs. And so, look, here's here's the thing about this whole game for me is a Josh Allen game, right? I, I really enjoyed watching Josh Allen return after his failure from the playoffs and after the losses he you know went through this season, and you know right after the Titans and Chiefs games, you know he wins two divisional games, and you know what's so incredible is the amount of tape to this point that Josh Allen has put out on what his ceiling uh, is, and it looks pretty much limitless. Uh, you know, obviously you want to iron out the the kinks where, you know, he's getting rolled up on and basically dodging season-ending injury. You want to get away from those things, but, I mean, it's just incredible. It's like night and day. And yet you got Bill Belichick on the other side saying, well, I mean, they just fixed some minor things. <laughs> so I'm saying to myself, Josh you need to kill Bill Belichick. Like that that's the only way I can put it. 
because Bill Belichick has had your number. He had a, he had like a 65 passer rating uh, earlier this year. Yes, I understand it was raining, whatever have you. But, you know, that pass to Stephon Diggs, I feel like, you know, that would have basically just closed the game to push into the red zone. They get an interception. J.C. Jackson takes it back. We go 7-6 and six into the half. So, you know, that game was just a very odd game and a very tense game and then ended the way I thought it was going to end with, you know, a Cam Newton fumble. He was getting smacked all game long and they were trusting him to take care of the football. It was going to take one play and it happened at the, it happened at the end of the game. Uh, you know, there you go. Bills win. Um, but you know, here we go on the offensive side. You got Cole Beasley has a chance to give the bills two 1000 yard receivers for the first time since 2002. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the offensive side, then I'll let you go. And then we'll get to the defensive side, but mm-hmm. I'm going to just say this to, to end what I'm saying, like key to the game on the offensive side of the football is the offensive line. If they can provide a clean pocket, give the bills, the running game, the, the running lanes they need. I think we destroy the Patriots 34, 17. Yeah. I mean, th- this team is like absolutely on a roll right now. So the last time they played the jets and in the Patriots and the games were a little bit closer, this team was still trying to find itself. Um, you know, Clay Troya, who hosts a really good podcast on our network, uh, called the counterpoint podcast. He said, listen, Tennessee figured the Buffalo bills out and they did it at the worst time because the Buffalo bills were preparing for two opponents. Um, you know, they were struggling. They didn't have as much practice time, all this stuff. Tennessee came out, spanked us. We didn't have time to adjust. Kansas city came out, spanked us and then we started to figure things out and adjust some things and do some different things on offense that really opened things up um and and this team like you've seen it progressively um come further and further and further then it sort of exploded in that seattle game um took them a little bit while to get the training wheels off after the the bye week against la there but then they were right back to it um you know up to the point of the season we're at now so it'll be really Interesting to see how Bill Belichick approaches Josh Allen. Last game, he dropped everybody. He said, "Run the football on us. I don't care." So it'll be really interesting to see if he comes at he comes at the Bills with that same game plan again. Stephon Gilmore out. Uh, playoffs no longer uh, in reach. Um, so it's 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 a really unusual position that we find ourselves in. We are the front runners and the Patriots are the sort of doom and gloom. Who's your starting quarterback? Um, why is your special teams captain giving a rah-rah speech to your locker room about how it's players duties to finish the season strong? Uh, why, why do you have 500 names on your injury report? That's like the Buffalo bills for the yeah. past 20 years. And now Bill Belichick is getting his own taste and new England fans are getting their own taste of, of what it feels like. So I think the game plan is going to be 100% dictated on how Bill Belichick decides to approach Josh Allen. I think they'll come out a little bit balanced. Um, I think you'll see a lot of 11 personnel early where they're trying to feel out what Bill Belichick's going to do. But once they figure out what Bill Belichick's going to do, we're either going to go pass heavy or we're going to go run heavy, uh, depending on how he decides to play uh, Josh Allen. But I'm with you. Uh, I don't think they're going to take the foot off the brakes. One more win. And we have clinched the two seed because we have the tiebreaker with the Steelers. So all we got to do is come in, uh, keep this train rolling, uh, exercise this one last demon before we get to the playoffs. And then we have that that last uh, hill to overcome, which is winning a playoff game. Um, so we're just we're just checking things off the box as we go along. And this is the next uh, box we got to check off. You know, breaking off that point that you made about Belichick and what he's going to do. You know, I noticed that whole game. It, it was there was so much predicated on getting 
Josh Allen out of the pocket. Yeah. And I think Belichick's going to start blitzing the heck out of that middle of the offensive line uh, to see if he can penetrate. But now, Bates was starting at center. Uh, I believe Mitch Morse went out with a concussion in that game mm-hmm. um, early, early on. So I look at a healthy offensive line giving Josh Allen the cleanest pocket possible with a good running game. We basically dismantle them. Now, jumping to the defensive side of the ball, I think the the solution is simple. Just create turnovers to make them desperate early. And the Bills have been amazing at creating turnovers and just making those passing lanes zero to none. Uh, you know, I, I kind of do feel bad. I had, a, I had to bite my tongue a little bit when I saw that Matt Milano got beat in the red zone against the Denver Broncos. But, I mean, it was a game overall. I think he did pretty yeah. well. It, it was a beautiful throw, too. Like, Drew Locke, yeah. like someone, someone mentioned earlier this week on Twitter, like, that's the reason why a team like Denver is not going to quit on Drew Locke because though that was a beautiful throw to Noah Font in the back corner of that end zone. In my, in my opinion, Matt Milano played it perfect. I mean, yeah, there's really did, nothing much right? you could have – there's nothing much Matt Milano, Matt Milano could have done there. I mean, Noah Font had the smallest, tightest of windows to make that play. And he just happened to make it. So that's one of those ones where it's just just chalk it up to like, kudos Drew Locke, kudos Noah Font. I, I thought Matt Milano had a great game. That play included. Yeah, no, I, I've been raving about Matt Milano for, I think, I, I guess a little over, feels like seven months now. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I just really believe the amount of just zest he brings to the Bills defense is, is huge. Uh, you know, you just feel like the linebackers matter on that team when he's on the field Mm. and it takes so much on defense to go right when Matt Milano isn't on the field. And, you know, I'm really hoping we resign him and, you know, more importantly, just focusing on the present here, you know, getting, getting the players ready for the playoffs means just everyone playing cohesive together. The last thing you want is, you know, going into the playoffs like last year on a losing streak. I thought that was horrible. I think that's the that's the wrong way to go. I think you need to keep that confidence because when something goes wrong in the playoffs, you remember what you were doing in the regular season correct and what went right, what went really well, um, and how you can bounce back. And I feel like if we're looking at this game, it could be a very strong momentum push into the playoffs just because of, could you imagine the amount of confidence the Bills would get knowing we really like just destroyed a Bill Belichick defense. You know, it, it took a lot of uh, out of Miami to do it. I mean, give credit where it's due to a tag of Iloa uh, held his own against a Bill Belichick defense and put his body on the line in that game. But, you know, look, th- they had a really big struggle stopping, uh, you know, Miami's running game. And I think the running attack is going to be paramount. Uh, you look at Zach Moss, uh, Devin Singletary, they just feed off each other. They both have, they both have, I believe, over in that game against New England early in the season, it was over 60 yards each. Uh, you know, it's a big deal. You want to be able to run the football effectively. You need both of your backs uh, to really just feed off each other's energy and what they do well. What do you think about uh, the Bills running attack, you know, going up against New England, more importantly, going forward with these two backs? I think it's about finding finding what fits. And it seems like right now what fits is Devin Singletary plays earlier in the game when um, maybe you're a little bit more pass-heavy and, and Zach Moss comes in for breathers. And then late in the game, it appears like the Buffalo Bills 
have their guy. When they want to get those tough yards at the end of the game and pick up first downs and milk the clock, they turn to Zach Moss. So I feel like uh, I don't think we're going to see it in New England this week, but if we do find ourselves in some uh, not-so-great weather conditions, I think you could see a guy like Zach Moss who – it, it took a while for him to come on this season, and you saw him fumble against San Francisco and then get benched. Um, you know, we we could the best for our running game could still yet to 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 be to come. Especially a guy like Zach Moss could end up with a thirty carry game or a twenty five carry game by the time this <laughs> by the time awesome. by, by the time this year is over and out. Um, just because sometimes the weather dictates that. Um, you know, we saw that when we played the Kansas City Chiefs, so it, it could be really interesting. Um, but right now, I think it's just about finding a fit in your running game. And just figuring out how to sort of adapt that running game around what you're doing with your quarterback, because your quarterback's the uh, obviously the key piece. Nice, 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 good points. And so let's close it out here, talking about our 2021 Buffalo Bills Pro Bowlers. <laughs> We're going to talk about who got snubbed, right? Uh, obviously, Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, Stephon Diggs, Andre Roberts, Travis White, and the dark horse here, Tremaine Edmonds. Unbelievable. Super excited for Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, you know, Andre Roberts, with even the struggles he had, he was very efficient this year. Stephon Diggs, you know, just breaking records left and right, getting respect from Bill's alumni like Eric Moulds. Um, you know, just awesome all the way around. And uh, then we got to talk. We, we got to talk about it. Uh, can I call you Judge? Oh, yeah. All right. Eric, give me the verdict. What do you feel about this Jordan Poyer snub? You know, it, it's upsetting, and I, I think it is upsetting. But it, it's clear that when it comes to safeties, the Pro Bowlers or the Pro Bowl committee—I don't even know, honestly—I don't even know who picks the Pro Bowl at this point. Yeah. Um, it appears that they uh, like the people with interceptions. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you; I don't—I don't follow the Pro Bowl very closely. Um, but what I will say is, from what I've read, is Jordan Poyer led the player vote and the fan vote. So he won two of the three votes, or he was the number one vote getter in two of the three ways to vote. So it was like a committee or something is is what went against Jordan Poyer, which seems weird to me because the dude's got 115 tackles, he's got two sacks, he's got two picks. Um, he has been the backbone of this defense all year through thick and thin. He has been the one guy we've been able to rely upon throughout this entire season. He's as steady as they come. He's one of the most underrated safeties in the league. He's part of the most underrated safety duo in the league. I'm not going to sit here and cry a foul about Micah Hyde. The statistics and things aren't there for Micah Hyde, but Jordan Poyer clearly deserved it. Um, and with what he got, I believe Marcel Louis-Jacques said he led like the player vote and the fan vote. I, I mean, it's just asinine. Like It's just it's crazy. You know, it, it's unbelievable uh, just how... That transpired, and you know, I I totally agree with you, Jordan Poyer. When you think about the Buffalo Bills defense, you, you look at guys who are dark horses like you know Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, and you know still Jerry Hughes to this point. I mean, he's just silently just so effective week after week, and uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm I'm thankful that they're humble. That they're they they you know they they play with the chip on their shoulder and they just continue to keep producing, uh you know in a game where obviously it's going to be a very hard game to win all over again, although I believe we're going to win it. It's just you know they're going to come through for you in a game like this. They always do. Um, so Steve Judge Mathis, uh, how about you give the audience 
uh, one more chance to hear where they can find all of your content. It's been a pleasure. Uh, have the floor. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. My show, uh, along with my co-host Dave Tilton, it's a live interactive show that airs every Monday and Thursday nights. You can catch us at 745. So about 45 minutes before the kickoff of Monday night and Thursday night football, um, we usually go through and we, we usually talk throughout the, uh, the, the first quarter of the game and wrap up right around the end of the first quarter of the game. But it's a live interactive show. You know, Dave and I log in, we say our piece, we have a lot of fun with it. People can comment in the comment section. We we take call-ins uh, from people, and and we bring on on guests every Thursday as well. So uh, it's just a really good time. Sit back, relax. We like to think of it as happy hour. We both crack a beer every week. Uh, I might crack multiple beers some weeks, depending on the <laughs> outcomes of games. Um, and we just we just like to have a good time and, and talk about the Buffalo Bills. So uh, yeah, you can catch us there every Monday and Thursday. Buffalo Fanatics on our our YouTube page. Uh, it's a good time. If you haven't already, you should you should check us out. Well, hey, you're on the West Coast. Have you ever tried uh, 805? The beer. Oh yes. Oh, oh. I, I when I was <laughs> in Cal- it right now. When I was in California, I went to uh, a Firestone Walker tasting room. So oh, the nice. the ta- the the actual Firestone Walker Brewery is up in Northern California, but I was in Santa Monica, and oh, they had this nice. beautiful tasting room. It was right before the pandemic. You know, just in the nick of time, yeah. we were out there, and. Uh, Absolutely beautiful tasting room. Some of the best tasting food ever. So if you ever make your way out to Santa Monica, the Firestone Walker tasting room, what they do is they make these small batches of beer and test them out in this restaurant before they mass manufacture them. It's amazing. Oh, that sounds amazing. And, you know, you're you're right nearby me. And, you know, what's funny is so my wife and I, uh, I was in Texas for a brief time, but she grew up in Texas and we don't have Waterburger on the West Coast. But they do have a Whataburger in Arizona. There's one two, two minutes from my house. There's one two minutes from my okay, house. Okay, okay. So you know what? Sounds sounds like uh sounds like we're gonna have to grab a beer together one of these days. So yeah. I'm gonna drive I, down there. I'm gonna get Whataburger. I'm gonna hang out with you, and we're gonna catch up. Maybe even for a Bills game. I don't know. But yeah. But I will say that the, the, awesome. you know the the rumor is that In and Outs in California tastes a lot better than the In and Outs in in other places like Arizona. I've never had In and Out in California, so I can't say for sure. But from what I have heard from people, because I've only had Whataburger once, it was a, it was really late at night, and I was I don't really remember it all too well. Um, but <laughs> uh, from what people have told me, it is not as good in Arizona as it is in Texas. So I, I do want to apologize to you if it's not everything you hoped and dreamed of. If you do when you do no, no, no. when let you do just, get down here, but, but let me just end the debate for you. <laughs> Whataburger will always destroy in and out i'm sorry i'm sorry anyone who's against me whatever uh whataburger will always be greater than in and out plain and simple i'm biased whatever their fries suck (laughs) yeah the in and out fries are not great when you have to when you have to douse something in a ton of cheese and sauce to make it edible it's not it's not a good try hey all you need is that spicy ketchup that's yeah. all I got to say. <laughs> but Whataburger's got the gravy too, though, right? They're the gravy people. They do the gravy. In the morning, I believe, for breakfast. Oh, I don't know what it was. I put gravy on something. She gave me a gravy packet. Oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was the morning. I don't know. I was dipping my fries in gravy. Oh, my goodness. Well, now, now you got me really hungry, so I'm going to close it out. My wife just made some really good food. I'm going to chow it down. We're gonna we're gonna reconnect some way somehow. Uh, whether if it's me going to Phoenix or you coming out here to Vegas, uh, you know whatever we'll hang out. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me again on the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. More importantly, let's win on Monday night. Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs>